In a world. In a world. In a world. Where tomorrow's blockbusters reign. And yesterday's classics are forgotten. Three women intend to remember. Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of Millennials at the Movie House, the podcast where your average Janes watch older movies and answer the question we put to ourselves, are they still relevant and should we still be watching them today? I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. And today we are n- not reviewing an old movie. No. We're reviewing a newer movie. Um, it is My Week with Marilyn. Uh, we chose this movie because um, we had just watched The Prince and the Showgirl, yes. and turns out My Week with Marilyn is set during the filming of The Prince and the Showgirl, so we figured, why the heck not? Let's learn a little bit more about Marilyn. Yeah. So, um, My Week with Marilyn, uh, 2011, directed by Simon Curtis, written by Adrian Hodges, based on books by Colin Clark, right. starring Michelle Williams, Eddie Redmayne, and Kenneth Branagh. Emma Watson is also in it. Yeah, she's kind of minor. Oh, Judy Dench is in it. Oh. Judy it, Dench. And she is in it. it. Which one's that? The queen. the queen. Oh my gosh. And is she a queen? Oh yeah. Really All right. Like so um we're not gonna do our normal structure. We're just gonna kinda keep it open, keep it conversational, keep it, keep it, keep it clean, everybody. <laughs> um my little note that I had for this was that it was a top-notch cast for a lackluster film. Yeah. That was, like, my tagline for this. Yep, that's all I you need to know. I wanted so home. much Goodbye. more for it, yeah. from it. Have a good day. <laughs> we, were, we were really expecting um, a proper behind-the-scenes view of this movie that we had just watched uh, and do, like, a proper compare and contrast, get to see what's going on behind the scenes, especially with this movie, aside from the fact that we had um, another film to reference uh, we were curious what was going on behind the scenes yes. because we knew that they had this tension and we wanted to see right. that played out. Yes. We knew there was drama behind the drama. Right. And that was like, if that was the actual film, that would have been very interesting. I mean, it's Marilyn Monroe and Laurence Olivier. Right. Right. Of course. Right. That That's all I needed. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. <laughs> what we got was this, this very distant view of Marilyn Monroe from some random guy's viewpoint. And I, I remember early on in the movie, cause we didn't watch it immediately. Like we didn't watch it like an hour ago. Like we normally do. Uh, I remember early on in the movie, I remember thinking, why are we getting it from this framed perspective of this guy, Colin Clark? And maybe it's because, you know, they're purposely doing it because everything about Marilyn is from a male perspective and Mm -hmm. that is Marilyn Monroe. Um, So maybe it's this purposeful choice to do that, blah, blah, blah. But diving into the background of My Week with Marilyn a little bit kind of makes us think that that's not the case. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it... (sighs) I feel like he thought this was an important story to tell. And I'm sure that this is why they made the movie that was like, yes, Marilyn is this, like this object, the sex icon from, you know, but he is special. He sees her as herself, except that he doesn't. Right. I noticed that. I noticed that. Treating her exactly like everybody everybody else. else has. Like the Dominic Cooper. Cooper is like, I've been there. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. 
And he does. And at first, I I did give the character uh, Colin like I was like, no, but he is he's not he, he's he's treating her like a buddy. He said that she just needs a friend, but That's it not. very quickly didn't be. I, I don't, he falls in love with her, mm-hmm. which I understand if she's that mag magnet like everybody was in love with her but the whole point was that he was special and he treated her different except he didn't and on top of all that it's a it's a romanticized version of his actual account right so account, it's not even quotes. so he's even more of an a-hole than he was portrayed in the movie right so i genuinely i still to this day i'm like of all the of all the memoirs and all the biographies about marilyn why this one especially you have michelle williams and she nails it she nails it she nails it so good so use her to your best ability do an amazing biopic about her you have the cast yeah even kenneth brenna was amazing Lawrence olivier as olivier so good yeah he even had the spectacle he He did did. (laughs) i thought of you guys and i saw the spectacle (laughs) So I think uh, I think it's very clear how Tracy and I liked the movie. Yeah, Serena, but you liked it. I still liked it. I liked it, and after seeing uh, the Prince and the Showgirl, because you saw it first, actually. Right. So, so yeah, your perspective. I saw it so I feel like you have a slightly different perspective. You had you had watched it for just you know just as a choice. It's, it's, you know, not it's, to it's not a to normal exi- movie <laughs> like a normal new movie. Not to examine it, and then you got to see the Prince and the Showgirl and be like, oh my god, this is the other side of it. Yeah, I watched it originally and kind of distracted, so mm-hmm. I didn't fully absorb it. But I was kind of confused when I first watched it because I was like, what is this movie that they're filming? Th- this weird movie. Yeah. And then we watched that weird movie, and I kind I liked that movie too, the Prince and the Showgirl, mm-hmm. but um. That's true. That's this a one, different perspective. True. I, I don't know. I liked I think I liked it because of Michelle Williams. Yeah. Like yes. skill. Yes. And how she really did nail it. That whisper, th- whisper voice that it was kind of, at first I was like, oh, this she is kind of annoying. A distinct voice. She Marilyn does. did. Marilyn but did. that's what I'm saying. Like it was like, it took me a bit to get like adjust to that. But yeah. I mean, in general, he, Colin looked like a boy. Like, he literally looked so young. He did. They could have picked someone that, like, maybe, like, looked yeah, not 16 years old. I don't know. Because um, I thought... Agreed, except I think he was supposed to be 23 and she was 30. So there was... There was... They even acknowledged that in the movie that yeah. there is a, an age difference there. And I think that it was... Um, it was true. It was accurate. Yeah. Yeah, he did look 23. To me. Yeah. I don't and know. And because remember, this me. this is Eddie Redmayne, but this is early Eddie yeah. Redmayne. Well, and it it's also very early Emma Watson. And I was like, this is kind of a small role for her, but I think this was at the beginning of her, like... Non-Harry Potter. Not, yes. It's post-Harry Potter, pre-Little Women. You had three Harry Potter people, at least three Harry Potter people in there. Yeah. Well, I mean... Who would these a British two? film. Well, Kenneth yeah. Brenna. Mm-hmm. And um, the acting coach... Who is oh my she? god, Miss Flitwick or whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. <laughs> then there, then there's definitely more because Eddie Redmayne. Did you say Eddie Redmayne? Emma Watson. Oh yeah, Kenneth Eddie Redmayne. I forgot about that. Um, going back to something you said, Serena. I do like the fact that of all moments in time to focus on, they focus on a movie that is not well known. That's true. They focus on behind the scenes of this of Prince and the Showgirl, which. I had never heard of it before right. we reviewed Same it. Here. Yeah. And so instead of it being like the love story with Joe DiMaggio or yeah. like being, you know, behind the scenes of some like a hot, it was this 
quiet little movie that only Marilyn Monroe buffs know about. I did really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that's what made me want to watch The Prince and the Showgirl. Yeah. Because I was like, what on earth? And I thought it was so silly. And I didn't realize. And then I watched. And so it kind of brought me, it led me to that movie. You know, it took me to 1957. And I think one of our favorite moments in The Prince and the Showgirl was when she had that conversation with herself. Yes. And it was the end point when um, Kenneth Branagh was, or Laurence Olivier was in my week with Marilyn was reviewing it saying she really is an amazing actress. Yes. And we, we picked, not only was it fun, she was funny, but she was sharp. She would, you know. Yep. When she want, when she's on, she's on. And, and that's, mm. that was a repeating theme in my week with Marilyn. Yes. Um, I will say though, I under, we both kind of understood, both, we all kind of understood why he was frustrated with her. But I also understand why she was having issues because I think that was the same issues we were having with A Prince and the Showgirl where we were like, who, who, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Who is this character? Right. Why is it acting? She couldn't, she, get, she couldn't get into the actor. Yeah. Which I, I understand. Granted, she was going all method or whatever. But I understand that because I also, that took me out of the film, to be honest. I, yeah. Whereas... Lawrence Olivier was like, this is a comedy. Just be sexy. It's fine. And she's like... And Marilyn Monroe and her acting coach were both like, no, you need a motivation why this character is doing what she's doing. Right. right. Yeah. And I saw that. I saw yeah. the lack of that. And yeah. I so I get that it, too. It came, through, it came through in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The 1957 movie. Having said that, and I think we had said this in the review, she did add something to that character that I don't think was written. Marilyn she, added something yes. to the princess and the prince and the showgirl. Yes, she yeah. added depth to that character. Like I could, I could see that. I yeah. could definitely. Yeah, yeah. I I noticed that too. Yeah, she's out there. <laughs> I did. I thought it to myself. She's gonna put her own flair on it, and she and did. She totally did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think she was like maxed out after like take seventeen. Mm. You know, they ca- and they just were like running. Okay, yes, yeah, she was showing up late. But they were running her ragged, and, and they just like when you when you get to that many takes, like I'm not an actress or anything, but don't you need a water break? Yes, except that I think they had so many takes because she kept messing it up, right? And she and was she late, was, so they were behind. She, she was late. She was high. She was going through some personal stuff. I think that Marilyn Monroe really is two people. Oh, she oh is. yeah, Norma and Jean, Marilyn Monroe. Two Marilyn Monroe was her stage name. Yeah, her. Well, and there's a point where she says people she love really Marilyn does. Monroe, and when they realize I'm not her, they run. Right. And that's every every movie, every book, every article, everything about Marilyn Monroe. That is what that's the, the message one, I hear. The one she is fact. not Marilyn Monroe. She is a human. Marilyn Monroe is a sex symbol and this larger than life person. And I actually did like how they were framing that at the beginning when I was trying to buy into the male gaze perspective. It We didn't see Marilyn for 20 minutes, mm. you know, in the beginning yeah. because they were creating this larger than life image of her. And even at the beginning when we did see her, we well, saw her scene. in front of media. And yeah. when she was like, quote, she, on. she had a, an entrance. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually really like that because that is the Marilyn Monroe we're all fed. And then the idea is that Colin kind of, kind of sees her in her real moments and then you kind of get, are introduced to her real moments. I yep. did like that transition. I did like how they were mm-hmm. introducing them. So Maybe it's just because I, I am who I am, but I 
going back to the idea that I feel like we didn't really see as much behind the scenes as I wanted to see mm-hmm. in Prince, uh, of Prince and the Showgirl, but there were moments that I, I kind of like ate up especially the set redesign, the yes. set recreation, yep. the wardrobe recreation, the moments the where hair. they, where we do see Michelle Williams and uh, Kenneth Branagh redoing these scenes. Yes. I think they did those so well. Yes. Everything about that part, that aspect yep. of it, I think they did very well. Yeah. I wouldn't have known if I hadn't seen The Prince and the Showgirl. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, they definitely, they nailed that. Um, I did, there was one part I did like in the film and I think, I'm now curious to go back to this part in Prince and a Showgirl to see if it's there. But we see Michelle and Kenneth do do a scene. We see them shooting the scene. And we see Colin off stage and she looks at him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I think, or later on, we see them watching the film of them doing the playback, that. Yep. And we see Marilyn again kind of look off off the, screen. off the screen and I think it was like a and Colin is watching this and he knows that that's when he's actually been looking at her mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if she actually does look off screen in, in that, that part of the film mm-hmm. so because I, I did like that as like if this was a make-believe thing mm-hmm. I liked that part of mm-hmm. you know well to save if it doesn't happen in the Prince of the Showgirl to save it, it could have just been one of the dailies. Like, right. It, you yeah. know, he no, wasn't watching the final cut. Right. No, I know. That's true. You're right. Um, two more moments. Uh, two more things I would like to talk about. Mm-hmm. One, um, let's go back to Judy Dench for a second. Yes, that's my note I have. Her, she, her character, he, she refused to side with Olivier. She was constantly supporting Marilyn, and I loved that yep the women in this it was women supporting women the whole way through even vivian lee she never blamed she because she she was convinced marilyn and that was my second note that i want to make no 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 i'm agreeing with you um she believed that lawrence olivier and marilyn monroe were having an affair she never blamed marilyn she blamed olivier and it was it and it it's just the women never yep never were pitted against each other i loved that yep because even sybil had said to Colin, um, Lucy is a nice girl. Go, you know, mm. get with her, be nice to her, whatever. So you're right. Like, everything was supportive. Um, I want to go back to Vivian Lee for a second because I remember either thinking, saying, or when we were watching Prince and the Showgirl, because we had learned that she was the original Elsie, mm-hmm. and they replaced her because she was too old. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Whereas everybody else, none, none of the, none men, of the were, men were. Three men, right. none of them were too old, even though there was a child who literally grew up between the theater and the movie yes. or whatever. So, and I was always like, oh, I, like, I'm surprised there wasn't, you know, hurt feelings. That, and there was. there, Or at least in this depiction. And, I, and she got jealous, but she, you're right, she never blamed, you know, it was there. So I'm, I'm glad I was picking up what they were putting down. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just have Judy Dench was amazing. Yeah. There, yeah, there was definitely a lot of women supporting women. Mm-hmm. Um, I have in my notes that too. I put that down because Vivian was the wife, mm-hmm. and she was when she saw Marilyn. I forget exactly what she said, but she was like, "Wow, you really are like so beautiful, like breathtakingly." What do you yeah. know? Whatever. Yeah. And and then she, I don't know, if she like shoots a look at her like her husband or yes. something, but she's just like. But usually you, at the same time, now. you can tell that Marilyn is like, oh my God, like really, thank you. Like she is so taken back by Vivian's, 
Yes. Yeah. 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 She's not, she definitely doesn't have the larger than life. Um, she has sex icon, like yeah. crazy famous celebrity, like snootiness, nothing that she's very humble in this mm. movie. I think she had that moment with, um, Judy, J- or the Sybil, Sybil too, mm. when she was like, you are a good actress. And that coming from her was just like, she was really like, yeah, wow. yeah. that was another. Yeah. Okay. I have an additional note that at one point in my week with Maryland, they couldn't open the door, the, her room, she wouldn't get out of bed. And they had to like call people and crawl in through the window. And of course, this reminds me of Julia Misbehaves. Of course, it was a little bit, it was a joke in Julia Misbehaves where she like locks herself in the room and then like is threatening to kill mm-hmm. herself or whatever. But I immediately went there because we've watched that. Mm-hmm. So that's all. Um, going back to the questions that we asked that we didn't ask, but that would have answered one of those questions. Yes. That, did you see that? That that was good. That segue? Yeah, sure. Um After watching the movie last night, we were talking about how, ironically, only nine years later, this movie would never get made now. You're right. You know why? Guess who the producer is? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. But even beyond that, Whoa. it's the idea that we are taking a look at a historical, historically real woman from a male perspective, from a highly questionable, yeah, yeah, alleged male perspective, to the point where we had to like Google it and look it up and be like, all right, what? How accurate is this? How real is it? We came across an NPR um, segment, an NPR segment uh, about it, and we we highly recommend listening to this. It's only eight minutes long. It's from our All Things Considered. Shout out to All Things Considered. Uh, so we'll post that on yes. our socials because it's just it's a great uh, sum up of how truthful My Week with Marilyn yes. is, and everything this woman who's basically the you know professor expert of of Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. She knows, every she knows her stuff. She does, and she, she nails it. Everything she says. I'm like, yes, like that's nodding, how I felt. Yes, I understand that. So I will put that all over the socials because if anything... It's a good sum up to our last two episodes. Yes, yes. exactly. This in the past one, in yeah. a way, in, in, in under eight, well, under nine minutes. Yeah, yeah. so... <laughs> You, you don't want to listen to an hour plus? Just listen to the nine minute, all things considered, NPR. This is the worst advertisement for our podcast. <laughs> don't like us? Listen to this other thing. <laughs> but it's good. No, really go no, listen it to good. it. it good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Does anybody else have any comments? That was it. That was everything I had. Um, how do we feel about the ending? When he, she just left him? At I mean, that I saw point, it coming. At, honestly, yeah. Everybody saw honestly, it coming. At that point, I was so beyond, like, I could not care less for Colin. Could not yeah. have cared less for Colin. And I'm like, okay, is this over yet? Like, I liked yeah. his character happening? in the beginning. And as the movie progressed, yeah. I started to like him less and less. Yeah. And I don't know if it was his character development, I decided I didn't like who he was. Right. Right. But And maybe that was purpose- purposeful. Maybe. But... And I'm Innocence. curious, because I know this is now a, fict- a fictional account of his memoir. Usually in a memoir, you make yourself the hero. Right. So I don't know if they've they've rewritten that part. Well, he passed away two years after his last memoir. Right. So but like, still, I don't know. If he not was... that I would ever go back and read it, but. All right. Um, Why don't we at least do the martini shot? Okay. Yeah. If you. Okay. I still. Okay. Go ahead. Yep. I still will. Martini show. Um, do we recommend My Week with Marilyn? Turn it 
Tracy, go. <sighs> I'm going to say no, just because of all the issues that we had with it and whatever. However, Michelle Williams knocked it. Like, if you want to yeah. see someone, I, I, uh, I just wish that they had done any other memoir with her as Marilyn. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And it's, it's funny because that's what we loved about Prince and the Showgirl too. You're right. Was Elsie was the best part of that movie. And we wanted her performance as Elsie was so good, but the rest of the movie was kind of mediocre. Yeah. Same here. Michelle Williams was so good, but I would not recommend any other yes. aspects of this movie. Yeah. <sighs> so I, I would recommend it. Only for the fact that yeah. I've watched it twice now. Yep. First time is kind of haphazard, but I watched it twice. I don't know. I kind of liked it. There was like this little like underlying romantic story. It wasn't raunchy. Yeah. There wasn't like this extreme amount of. It's a softer side of Marilyn yep. you don't normally see. Right. You know what? And you so, are right. Like, so I personally, like I, I watched it a second time. I wasn't. If I didn't recommend it, I would have not come to you guys and said, hey, I watched You're this. right. True. You're you right. You should watch The Prince and the Showgirl because yep. I recommend it. A, it led me to another decent, I liked that. Yep. I kind of liked that movie as well. Um, but yeah, Michelle Williams made this movie way, way more watchable. And we are, yes. I would have appreciated a different guy to play Colin. I didn't, his face was kind of, I just wanted to smack his face. <laughs> we are becoming very critical. So if if we didn't yeah. watch that with maybe that critical eye, maybe but I think it goes. I'm sorry, I cut no, you off. Go. It goes back to the NPR um, segment that we recommended, which and, and which basically opens with, it doesn't matter the 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 truth if something is in a film, audiences accept it. Yeah. Yes. So I am I am super always super super. I need to be super critical about movies that are presenting something as fact. Fact, fact yeah. checks. Yeah. 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 You're right. Non-portrayal, non-proper portrayal of history. Mm. Historical facts. And I understand, like, especially fiction. Like, you, I mean, historical fiction, you're going to take liberties. I totally get that. But this one, it didn't, I think it said, this is a true story, or this is based on a true story. It wasn't inspired by a true story. It wasn't from, like, the the language at the beginning was stronger than most when it comes to the true story wording. Inspired by a true story would have been more appropriate. I mean, think about it. This is a 1957 film that they're basing it on, and then in in 95 and 2000, there's memoirs written about something in the 50s. Exactly. And then there's a 2011 film. Exactly. Based on a memoir. It's based so on a film. far removed. Yeah. And that's what, again, that's what the, the Empire, yeah. NPR segment talks about. It's just... Yeah, 40 years yeah, later. It's, it's not something that should be solidified as fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that there's... If they fixed the wording in the beginning, we could have accepted this more fully. And if it's just... It's inspired. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just about it for this episode. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Millennials of the Movie House. We'll be posting what our next movie will be on Twitter tomorrow, so head on over there and hit that follow button. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle for both is at the Movie Millies. To find more great episodes, head on over to our website, www.millennialsofthemoviehouse.com. So until next time, we're Millennials, and we'll see you at the Movie House.